This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Radamic Berto is your host. Thank you so kindly for being here with us. We were about three or four minutes late because as we click that button that says transmit, we transmit to a rebroadcaster, and then that rebroadcaster makes sure all the streams go to YouTube, live, live, and all these other places, right? And we couldn't connect to the, uh, to the stream. So what we did is we had to go and rejiggle and get new, new keys and all that kind of stuff to see if that was the problem. So I hope that was the only problem. Welcome aboard. Bridge MCP, Hope Bleeker, welcome to see you here at the start. Jacoby G, how are you doing? Nanette Bird-Smith, welcome aboard. Uh, Michael Rudnin, late start today, eh? Man, you guys don't give me a break. I mean, it was only three minutes, Rudnin. Only three minutes. Are you going to... I'm only kidding, guys. I love you guys. You know how that goes. But, you know, yeah. When that happens, I tell you, though, you know, you want to be on the dot. So I am always looking at that clock. And as soon as that clock hits three, bam, I hit the thing, right? Because I always want to be right there at three o'clock. Then when it didn't happen, I'm like, oh, God, what's going on? Please, please, please work, work, work. And it didn't. And I said, work, work, work again. And it didn't. So I went ahead and rekeyed everything. Anyhow, uh, we're going to have a great show for you today. We have a great interview with a guy who uh, wants to see truth in politics. Uh, so, vamos, A.W. Ha, ha, ha. Si, vamos a hacerlo, amigo mío. Vamos a hacerlo. So we have a great, great thing. But anyhow, I want to talk about something before I, before I get into the subject or anything. I was going through, you know, I, I have all my, my news from both local, national, and international in a feed, right? So I'm going through my feeds, and then I see the, the story about uh, about uh, China landing a mission on the moon to collect rocks and all of that kind of stuff. And that is great. China landed on the moon. You know, things that we've done before, done, been there, done that, but haven't done it recently. Well, we had a mission to Mars that was a beautiful mission to Mars. But what got to me, what kind of really got to me when I started reading the story was that we don't talk about, I don't know if you remember when we used to talk about those things a whole lot. We used to talk about as a country doing great things, right? Uh, we used to talk about uh, advancement and invest, investing our tax dollars into things that make this country what it actually is as far as a powerful science place, a powerful just about everything. But we don't do that kind of thing any, anymore. You know, our infrastructure is falling apart. You go to any bridge in any city and go under the bridge and see what most of them look like. You go to all of our airports and look at what they look like. And then you go to China. You know, the problem is a lot of us don't travel, right? But you go to China and all these places and you see technological advances that, wow, let me tell you what surprised me. You know, when my father died 10 years ago and I had to go back, I've been back and forth to Panama and using the internet back and forth in Cologne and Panama City, etc. But what was amazing to me was when my father died and all of us congregated in Panama, right? And our internet was yay yonders faster than the internet here. Why? Because the way we work here, we have to, and we capitalize things. And after we capitalize things, uh, unless the, the company makes back all the money, we can't move ahead. We have a, an economic problem. We have an economic problem and a systemic problem within our economic system that ultimately will keep most of us behind. And I don't know how many people realize how much it is embedded into the way that we calculate profits, etc., and moving the money up to the few. We, it, it, it is bad. I just, I, I'm just saying this because I, I wanted to make, tell this story because when I saw China, it wasn't about envy, about China doing things, and we are kind of stagnant, worrying about conspiracy theories. 
it was just about, wow, we have the smartest people around. We have all, and we have politicians who are holding us back. We have to do something about that. We have to do something about that. Anyhow, we are going to have a great show for you today. I just wanted to bring that stuff up about um, about China. Now, the story I want to bring about is President Trump retweeted somebody who said uh, a nurse that was a nurse or doctor that was showing himself in a field hospital was a hoax. Our president still trying to make COVID nineteen. The the, the 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 damage that it's doing a hoax is this guy mad i honestly believe we are working not with an incompetent president yes he's incompetent but i think we're working with a madman and i think all his sycophants and enablers know that he's mad and are just scared that while still having a large following they must may just turn on the party altogether and the ultimate destructions occurs. And I think it's about time for that to really happen, if you ask me. I think it's time. Anyhow, what is our, what are we going to be talking about today? Today's program, Fox News, late to the truth. Tim Ward discusses plan to put truth into politics. GA, Georgia GOP, guy blows his top. Tim Ward, journalist, author, discusses putting the truth back into politics. Fox News says, what now? GOP guy in Georgia. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw this yet, but that is how I want to start. This guy has had it. And this guy is no saint. He's a GOP guy. I mean, you know, they, they fight for, they fight a good fight, but this was just too much. Check out what he had to say. Good afternoon. My name is Gabriel Sterling. I'm the voting system implementation manager for the state of Georgia. And just to give y'all a heads up, this is going to be sort of a two-part press conference today. And at the beginning of this, I'm going to do my best to keep it together because it has all gone too far. All of it. Genova today asked for Chris Krebs, a patriot who ran CISA, to be shot. A 20-something tech in Gwinnett County today has death threats and a noose put out saying he should be hung for treason because he was transferring a report on batches from an EMS to a county computer so he could read it. It has to stop. Mr. President, you have not condemned these actions or this language. Senators, you have not condemned this language or these actions. This has to stop. We need you to step up, and if you're going to take a position of leadership, show some. My boss, Secretary Raffensperger, his address is out there. They have people doing caravans around their house. They've had people come onto their property. Trisha, his wife of 40 years, is getting sexualized threats through her cell phone. It has to stop. This is elections. This is the backbone of democracy. And all of you who have not said a damn word are complicit in this. It's too much. Yes, fight for every legal vote. Go through your due process. We encourage you. Use your First Amendment. That's fine. Death threats. Physical threats. Intimidation. It's too much. It's not right. They've lost the moral high ground to claim that it is. I don't have all the best words to do this because I'm angry. And the, 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 the straw that broke the camel's back today is, again, this 20-year-old contractor for a voting system company just trying to do his job. Just there, in fact, I talked to Dominion today and I said he's one of the better ones they got. His family's getting harassed now. There's a noose out there with his name on it. It's, it's not right. I've got police protection outside my house. Fine. You know, I took a higher, higher profile job. I get it. Secretary ran for office. His wife knew that too. This kid took a job. He just took a job. And it's just wrong. I can't begin to explain.
anger I have right now over this. And every American, every Georgian, Republican and Democrat alike should have that same level of anger. Mr. President, it looks like you likely lost the state of Georgia. We're investigating. There's always a possibility. I get it. And you have the rights to go through the courts. What you don't have the ability to do, and you need to step up and say this, is stop inspiring people to commit potential acts of violence. Someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to get shot. Someone's going to get killed. And it's not right. I, I, it's not right. And y'all, I don't have anything scripted. This is, like I said, I'm going to do my best to keep it together. All of this is wrong. The Geneva who, who said for Chris Krebs to get shot is a former U.S. attorney. He knows better. The people around the president know better. Mr. President, as the secretary said yesterday, people aren't giving you the best advice on what's actually going on the ground. It's time to look forward. If you want to run for your election in four years, fine, do it. But everything we're seeing right now, there's not a path. Be the bigger man here and stop, step in, tell your supporters, don't be violent, don't intimidate. All that's wrong, it's un-American. We spend a lot of time. That was sad. Uh, when I saw that, I finally said, finally somebody stood up and said something that needed to be said. Somebody finally said, we can't take this any longer. But you know, the president continues. He continues his tweet and he continues lying. He continues everything. And then he have those that sit down and just listen to his every word. And they just can't believe that what others are saying is true. Somehow the president, what the president is saying is true. Now think about this. Um, where do these people go when, uh, when the truth is finally made? Because the truth is finally going to come out to them in the long run. Where are they going to go? What are they going to do? Are they going to go ahead and turn into themselves? I don't know what's going to happen. But anyhow, um, the, I, I tell you, I did a piece on Fox News last night, and I really want to play that because this one here is painful. Because the data that this guy is going to talk about at Fox News, we knew it months ago. Hell, we knew this from a statement of fact. But let's go ahead and play this. When Fox News is the teller of truth, you really have to know that things are getting bad in the country. Check this out. One can only be successful as an activist if people are listening to you. Now, we have a lot of forces as activists, progressive activists, with a whole lot of people on the right, with a whole lot of people that really don't care about, really care about good people, giving them information for an ulterior motive, for a purpose. But uh, when, that is, when that costs more than money, when that costs lives, it is unforgivable. We've always known, for quite some time now, that masks work. We've always known that we could cut the losses we've incurred in the pandemic by hundreds of thousands if people wore masks, if we didn't make masks some sort of a political issue, if we just followed the science. And the science isn't new. The science is not at all new. But we had the Fox Newses and the Newsmaxes and the AONs and all these other guys. People who have faith in these particular sources of information. We can't blame the people. We can't blame the misinformed. But we sure as hell can blame the misinformer. Now finally, after 270,000 people dead, this is what we get out of Fox News. A study that we've known for some time. A news channel. This is just now that we're hearing this. Ultimately, right now, what's going on with the pandemic is, and we don't know exactly how many people may have been infected over the Thanksgiving holiday weekend, uh, but the number of cases in our hospitals is going through the roof. In 41 states, it's going up. Uh, I read a great survey, and, and a, uh, a, a, they looked at the scientific data in my home state of Kansas. In the month of July, they, they had a statewide mandate for masks. Now the problem with Kansas was some 
counties would actually enforce it and other counties would not. In the counties that enforced the mask mandate, mandate, the number of cases of coronavirus actually went way down. And in the counties where they did not enforce the mask mandate, it went right way up. Really? Yeah. Huh. You just have to do it smartly and do it safely. It, it means, apparently, masks work. We, oh, my God. Masks work. That's not a new study. We knew that. We've been talking about that for months. Japan knew that. They're mask wearers. Korea knew that. They're mask wearers. We've been trying to get this message out. There are a whole lot of people. Our, our county, run by a young 29-year-old, Lina Hidalgo, she tried to do it. Our old governor didn't want to. We lost thousands of Texans. We've lost tens of thousands of Americans because we had these people who knew better. But because they wanted to make a political stance, a short-term political stance for a short-term financial gain. We've lost over a quarter million Americans. And these are the same guys that like to say they sanction life. They love life. Talk is cheap. What you do for others, that's what matters. Fox News is 270,000 dead Americans, too late. We 270,000 plus dead Americans, too late. Um, that, that, is, that is very sad. But, you know, what got to me is um, you can't, the airwaves belong to all of us. All of us own the airwaves, right? And we allow them to do that to us. Because we have enough sycophants out there. And I'm, talking, I'm not talking about the standard, regular folk. I'm talking about the leaders here. I don't hold my ire for the average person because the average person looks for leadership. And in looking for leadership, they can be misguided. So I have empathy for the person who has to decide, who am I going to follow? Who is more truthful? And also I'm cognizant of the fact that we have different areas in this country that have different levels of education that actually hurts its people. But the leadership, the leadership, that is where all the guilt lies. The leadership, they are the guilty ones. I wrote a corresponding blog for this um, uh, titled... Fox News finally tells the truth after 270,000 dead Americans caused, their, uh, caused by their lying complicity. By their lying complicity. Check the blog out. It's at egbertowillies.com. Now, I want to read one portion of the blog. It says uh, about the Kansas story that he was missing. It's right there on the Internet, and it's been there for months. This one was at the CDC, and they apparently just got it in recently. But we've known the results of the mask test in Kansas for months. It says, after implementation of mass mandates in 24 Kansas counties, the increasing trend in COVID-19 incidents reversed. Although rates were considerably higher in mandated counties than in, than in mandated counties than in uh, non-mandated counties by the executive order, rates in mandated counties declined markedly after July 3rd uh, compared with those in non-mandated counties. Kansas counties that had mass mandates in place appear to have uh, uh, mitigated the transmission of COVID-19, whereas counties that did not have mass mandates continued experiencing increases. Think about that. We have, we have the data. We have the facts. And still we have those who would attempt to deny it. Okay, I have a, an, an interview coming up. Uh, uh, before I go to the interview, though, since the interviews are quite a bit, let me go ahead and do our, our, our ask first, and then we go directly to the interview. Uh, please, if you're looking at our screen right now, that screen has the book. So please go ahead and get politics. I know the, 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 my regulars get tired of me saying this, so forgive me, please. But um, we, get, we get hundreds of new, new uh, watchers every day, new, both on podcasts and otherwise. So uh, I have to do this for them. So give me, always give me this two or three minutes to make my pitch, and then I'm right back to the program. Anyway, folks, please consider getting my new book at Amazon. I've just added the link to the screen or to the, to the chat. 
Uh, you can get it at that Amazon link. But if you want to cut out the middleman, you can get it directly at our store, including getting other things at our stores. All of our books, all our books are at Amazon also. But you can get all our books, T-shirts, all that good stuff on our store, which is at politicsdoneright.com slash store, politicsdoneright.com slash store. If you are on YouTube, please support us. It's very inexpensive. Please click that join button and become a part of our posse. We need you. We honestly, honestly need you. So please become a part of the posse by just clicking on that join button and um, become a part. Or if you feel uh, if you feel you're wherewithal to do so, click that dollar sign and give us a super chat or super whatever that they have there. We'll be most ingratiated to you. Now, uh, you, we also have other methods of supporting us. You can support us through Patreon by going to politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. Or you can also go and support. We, we accept support via PayPal, of course. Who doesn't accept support via PayPal? Politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. Again, that is politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. Um, folks, if you are, if we don't have your email address that we can send um, our newsletter to you, I want to ask you as well, whether, whether you're going to contribute or not, I'd like to ask you so kindly, if you're listening, to please go to our YouTube channel and, and go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Subscription is free. Joining is a, a joining means you decide that you also want to do more than subscribing. But please go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Just go to uh, youtube.com slash Egberto Willis and just click the button for subscribe. If you're listening on YouTube right now and you're not subscribed, just click the subscribe button. It doesn't cost you anything. Join costs you $1.99. And all that is is saying, I want to help you continue doing what you're doing. Um, likewise, I'd like to ask you to go to our Twitter. The Twitter is Egberto Willis, twitter.com slash Egberto Willis, at Egberto Willis. Let me put that in there. If you go to HTTP, Twitter dot com slash Egberto Willis. Please go ahead and follow me on Twitter. And I should have also done it for the YouTube, right? I, let me see. Let me go ahead and put it in there for YouTube. I think it is HTTP colon youtube.com slash Egberto. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Berto. Willies. Go ahead. If you go there, you can actually subscribe to our YouTube. Let me see if that's the right one that I gave you there. Uh, para ver, para ver, para ver. Yes, that gets you to the YouTube channel. So please go ahead and subscribe to YouTube. Uh, go ahead and follow us on, on Twitter and you'll make our day. Thank you so kindly. Okay, let's get started with that interview. I love this guy and uh, tomorrow I'm going to have another good one for you. But check it out. We had a good talk. Here we go. Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Uh, today we have a special guest, Tim Ward. Tim Ward is the co-owner of Intermedia Communications Training Inc., based in Washington D.C. in the Washington D.C. area. He works with global organizations, helping them communicate better. He is a former print journalist and the author of ten books, including the latest one, Pro Truth: A Practical Plan for Putting Truth Back into Politics, and that's what. We really want to get into this is a book which has uh, he co-authored with uh, Dr. Gleb uh, Sipersky, a cognitive neuroscientist. I'm going to want to hear a whole lot about that. Tim is also board member of www.protruth.org. He is the publisher of Change Ma uh, Changemaker's book and lives in Bethesda, Maryland, with his wife and business partner Teresa. 
Welcome aboard. Tim Ward, how are you doing today, my friend? Hey, thanks. I am doing so well, thank you. I must say, the past couple of weeks, I've been breathing easier. Yes, I, a lot of people are breathing a lot easier right now, you know. Um, and, you know, I, I think the biggest thing that has occurred over the last four years is the degradation of truth more so than ever in my lifetime and that's quite a few decades uh what are your thoughts on that first of all uh, i totally agree in fact um uh we're seeing a lot right now about uh the the ending end game of the trump administration being these attacks on the institutions of uh, the election you know claiming massive fraud and really undermining the very systems that put democracy in place well that's actually been going on for five years. And in attacking truth, in creating a post-truth presidency in which the president has lied more than 20,000 times, including about life and death issues around the coronavirus, let alone the, all the other things, he's actually attacked a fundamental institution and that is the trust between government and people. And this breakdown is not, is, is, terrible for any democracy and this isn't just happened in the united states we've actually seen this happen in places like turkey russia hungary uh, other nations where we've seen authoritarian figures rise and usually they rise on the back of lies it's been shocking is that that's happened here in the united states that is that is I, i want to pick up on that because we understand that all these other countries had those particular issues where dictators could come about. And even some of the European countries that are more Western, if you will. What's, what's different here is we thought we were immune to it. We thought we had a sufficiently enlightened population uh, that these types of tactics would not work. Um, I, I want to ask a question. I don't know how much, I don't know if you get into issues like uh, the art. The, documents like the Powell Manifesto that came about back early on and so forth. Do you or because I wanted, okay. Um, What happened over the last several decades, and this is both in your lifetime and my lifetime, is somehow we gave the plausibility of both sides of issues. How does that affect the truth in your mind? And I want to do that before we go into the neuro part of how people's minds work. Sure, sure. Um, you know, there's a name for this cognitive bias. It's called false equivalence. Mm-hmm. And indeed, the media has been doing that uh, too, too, way, too, way too much. So false equivalence is the idea that there's two sides to every story. Now, in journalism, that means, um, let's see, you're interviewing somebody who's a client scientist, and they say, you know, we urgently need to act on what the science is telling us and change our carbon emissions. Well, then you go to a climate denier, and he says, well, climate change is a hoax. It's just made up by a bunch of scientists to fool people. Well, if you cover both sides of those stories as if they're equivalent, yes, you're covering two different perspectives, but one is actually false and the other is actually true. That's why false equivalents can actually create very misleading scenarios. I remember really well a, a skit in uh, John Oliver's show um, where he said if journalists actually covered things according to uh, how many people there are on these different sides then in climate science you then have saw this room with 97 client scientists shouting about the reality of climate change and then the other side there were three people paid by industry saying well we're not really so sure it's it's real but false equivalence gives equal weight to very very different realities and it's it's a it seriously distorts our senses of of truth especially when special interests like the fossil fuel industry have been paying scientists to basically put out research that is in fact false. The same playbook that was used by the cigarette companies to undermine claims that smoking caused cancer. Exact same playbook. Interesting. The document that I was talking about before, that's, that's pretty much what they do. I mean, we get, we get a lot of these, uh, these think tanks out there that their, their sole purpose in life is to create plausibility for a false tenant. And what's right. interesting is that this was by design. Uh, you know, America has been, Americans in general, uh, since the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, we've been getting all more intelligent. That's the truth. 
we have been getting much more intelligent in, in, in because of schooling, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, my, my thing is, isn't, isn't it true that the, initially how journalism was taught dictated that behavior? What it, but journalism was taught, dictated hearing more than one perspective and not believing that one side had all the answers. Sadly, with the rise of the internet, which in many ways is a good thing, journalism's finances have just crashed, as I'm sure you know, sure you well know. And so the resources that a newspaper or a, a, a show used to have to fact checking to really find out what were the valid perspectives that deserves to be heard, that all really crumbled. And so journalism often became just covering what two people shouting at each other said. He said, she said, rather than the facts behind what was said. And that's why false equivalence really came to the fore because it, you didn't have the time to really check that you had gotten the best perspectives. Yes, you need different perspectives, but somebody who's just paid to spout a lie, that's not actually informing the public. So that's where journalism has really taken a, a wrong course. And then social media, of course, amplifies the distortions even more where people can only listen to the false perspectives. So we've really found ourselves in a dangerous path away from truth, which is one of the things that pro-truth is all about. It's helping people reaffirm their the truth matters. I may have to correct some of the things that I say sometimes um, if I'm to take what you're to say. So I just want to I want to kind of clarify on this. Uh, you're you, I think you're saying that uh, real journalism, which I like I like to call real journalism, the one that fact checks appropriately. Yeah. Right. But uh, many times I would hear journalists say they're stepping out of journalism when they take a side. In other words, they, they claim to have to put out what he said, put out what he said, put out what she said, put out what she said. Uh, I think on the, what you're saying, that is really not uh, 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 journalism. Journalism requires additional uh, fact-checking thought process from absolute sources. Yeah, so when you, from absolute sources, from, uh, from well-informed sources, I mean, there's, um, well, let me, if I can go back to climate change just for a sec, there are many different perspectives on the exactness of certain technical issues and on how to deal with it. Do you do, you know, carbon taxes? Do you do, you know, drawdowns? Do you allow for offsets? There's actually lots of informed perspectives that are very different that need to be heard. But then there are a lot of people who are deliberately misinforming or simply are what you could call willfully ignorant. Do they deserve to be covered in an article about the issue? Frankly, no. But unless you're informed enough to tell which are the voices that need to be reported, you can't do that job properly. Yesterday, I did a blog, Fox News. Uh, Steve Ducci came on TV and he finally released, uh, he said, oh, I read this document uh, that pointed out that Kansas, when they went ahead and put on their mask mandate, it wasn't, every county did not have to follow it. But the counties that followed the mass mandate, their COVID exposure, COVID infections went way down. And those who didn't follow it, their COVID infections went way up. And when one of the other journalists or the other people on the bench or the, or the couch said something as far, yes, I guess you have to be careful. He, came, he simply came back and said, no, masks work. So this is the first time Fox on Fox News, instead of playing the game of uh, the mass being an ideological or political issue, they made it a health issue and says no mask works. I guess they know what's about to happen. <laughs> I think, and, and you correct me here, I think that was journalistic malpractice what uh, Fox News was doing. I also think that a large percentage of the 260,000 people that, are, that died are the responsibility of all those people who were putting out knowingly information just for a quick buck, uh, yeah. a, a quick buck. What do we do uh, when we have institutions like that? In other words, Fox News is not going to pay a price. How do we allow our own free airwaves that belongs to us all to be used in mm -hmm. that manner with no repercussion after they've killed that many people? Yeah. 
That is a question really we need to be asking ourselves both as citizens and in government and, and in the media. Um, I don't have an easy answer for that. I do think that there is a role for government in regulating deliberate misinformation. And I think that there's an important opportunity for citizens to realize that false information can kill you. And uh, what some networks, and not just Fox, what, what some networks and news outlets have been doing is grossly irresponsible, as irresponsible as if they were saying, inject bleach into your, into your system, right? Um, now, frankly, you could also say that when mainstream media and when even Twitter simply reports what the president has said or what those supporting him have said, simply reports, oh, the, you know, this person said masks don't help you or this person you know, said it's against my individual liberty to wear a mask. If they boldly report that without analysis that really reveals the actual scientific evidence at the time, that's also problematic. I mean, so it's, journalism has been able to step away from accountability for the truth to simply feeling if we report what people said, our job is done. In social media, I mean, Twitter is now putting labels on deliberately mis deliberate misinformation that make you question it, but they're still putting it out there. And I think that is an ethical issue that we as a society have to figure out. How much regulation do you have to do? Frankly, I wish the media would not report tweets. I don't think tweets are news unless we've made a decision that what the president tweets is policy, then it's news. Otherwise, it can just be slander. I think actually, I think that is, that would be a good, I don't like the middle, but that would be a good middle ground. Uh, simply that we, social media is not what's reported unless it is policy. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, yeah. um, Tim, you wrote a book along with uh, Dr. Gleb uh, Sapursky called Pro-Truth, A Practical Plan for Putting Truth Back into Politics. And there's the book. And not to worry, we're going to have that book on the screen as well when we, <laughs> okay. when we process this video. Um, but um, first of all, I, I think you are a board member of that uh, website, uh, protruth.org. And let me just let you know that politicsdoneright.com and egbertowillies.com was one of the first signer-ons onto that website. Didn't know it was you or anything, but uh, we so believe in the truth that when we saw something like that come about, we wanted to be there as well. So we signed the pledge that you guys put out mm -hmm. and, and the works because I think that was a good move on, on y'all's part. Tell us a little bit Thank about you. the book, first of all. So... Um... When Dr. Spursky and I met each other, we like really had this meeting of minds. Truth has mattered to both of us for, for much of our, our lives. His work with the Pro-Truth Pledge was fantastic. I wanted to put out a book that specifically addressed post-truth politics and how a pro-truth movement could be a pushback on it. And really it was to my delight to discover that that was his vision that he was already doing it. I come at it from a communications and journalism angle. He comes at it as a hard scientist looking at cognitive biases and what changes human behavior. And so we each brought our strengths together in this book. It's primarily meant to be a handbook for helping people resist the deceptions of politicians. You know, lies aren't just random things. Lies are often carefully crafted to deliberately mislead somebody by telling them what they want to hear or what they're afraid might be true. And so learning the different tricks that politicians use and some jujitsu-like mental moves we can apply to become resistant to those lies, even actually push back effectively against them, is the heart of the book. And then the second part is about doing that on social media. So you're not just making yourself safer, you're cleansing your bubble, right? And you're spreading better practices throughout social media, which is really what the Pro-Truth Pledge is all about. Give me some examples as you see it that um, people use. You know, I, I always talk about um, in, on my show uh, the carnality of the human and people use our basal instincts to actually get us to do things we otherwise wouldn't have. I don't yeah. know if you remember that test where inflicting pain or, or shock on somebody. Uh, there are a lot of these types of experiments that people have 
shown where good people do bad things. So one of my yeah. tenets on my show is every I consider all people sans politicians good people. And I try to talk to all good people, meaning left, right, anarchists, uh, whatever they are, uh, right-wingers, conservatives, I try to give them the dignity of their humanity and right. talk to them. And um, tell me now from the reference point of your book, how is it that you get to that? To the dignity of, uh, of humanity? Uh, I mean, yeah, because yeah. you already stated and, and you already stated that people undermine our humanity. And in effect, they undermine our humanity when they use our fears or all these other issues to make us do things we otherwise would not or believe things we otherwise would not. Yeah. So I would, I would say that, that humanity comes back to the possibility that we have to create trust. And one of the truly remarkable things about a democracy and really an amazing thing about the experiment that is the United States is it was based around people with very different political views, different religious views, different views of what was right and wrong, coming together and forming a government that could work together and compromise. Essentially that compromise was an idea that there was a common understanding of reality, a common set of facts. So people with strongly different values could look at those common facts, could share their opinions and find policies that they could make that they could agree to all be governed by. Truly incredible. So when you attack truth, you attack the one fundamental, that common reality of facts that allowed those different perspectives to sit around a table. So that's why, you know, a common respect for the truth, a common willingness to say, okay, you may have a very different set of values than I do, but we can agree on what the facts are. So let's find a way that we can then compromise and you can get enough of what you want and I can get enough of what I want that our communities can move forward. Let me ask you uh, that. Let me just say, say, say one more thing on yeah, that. Go ahead. When that breaks down, then it just becomes me yelling what my leader says is true and you yelling what your leader says is true and whoever's the best liar and whoever's group yells loudest wins. That is democracy. That leads either to authoritarianism or anarchy. And that's the precipice on which the United States has just taken a step back from. Yes, I love the way you say that. That's the precipice that we've just stepped back from, which is so true. Um, or let, let me ask, let me see if I can come up with an issue that you're familiar with yeah. that we know is in dispute right now, that uh, how you would handle it. And if, if, it, if you're not sufficiently familiar with the issue, just tell me to move on and we'll go to another one. Sure. Medicare for all. Um, okay. Shoot. Okay. No, no, no. I'm, for no, for I, no, no. What I, what the, no, the reason I, I, I'm just putting the issue out here and I want you to uh, take the sides, both sides. Right, right. So um, the debate around Medicare for all is, can we afford it? Which is a value judgment. Right? I mean, obviously we can afford a uh, trillion dollars a year for the Department of Defense. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right? So can we afford it is a value judgment. You need to take a look at the facts and having all of those facts on the table would mean admitting a lot of things that frankly, both to the right and left, there, there are difficulties in admitting. Uh, first of all, it would mean admitting every other advanced democracy in the world has the equivalent of Medicare for all. It would mean admitting that what the United States actually has been following is a policy of health insurance as opposed to health care. There's no health insurance in Canada where I'm from or the United Kingdom. There's health care, right? You pay your taxes for health care. Everybody's covered, so there's no need for insurance. That's a huge difference from just playing the structural way that we, that we do it. But the question is, should we pay for it collectively? There are some things to consider. One is, do people want to only feel that their health care is their responsibility, not the responsibility of their community, of their collective. That's a moral, that's a moral choice. It's not one that you can say there's a right or wrong answer to. Ain't no place like a cowboy place, ain't no time like a cowboy time. Ain't no way like the cowboy way, have a cowboy kind of day, yeah. Try the new Big Sky Burger at Roy Rogers. 
It's Smithfield pulled pork, beer battered onion rings, American cheese, and spicy barbecue sauce on a Kaiser bun. Have a cowboy kind of day at a rose in the wheel going wrong. Hey, yeah. DoorDash and Uber Eats available at participating restaurants. Unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably been hearing a lot about the stock market lately. Millions of people are beginning to invest for the first time ever. And we're realizing that the financial system should be built to work for us. That's why Robinhood is creating real human education resources, truly digestible financial news, and a platform that lets you invest in your own way, on your own terms. The next generation of investors is already here, and it includes you. Robinhood. Investing is risky. Robinhood Financial, LLC. Uh, And it might well be that enough people don't want to ever be thought to be paying for their neighbor's health insurance that there's a legitimate reason to say no. But they should know what they're saying no to. They should also know what the costs are. Most Americans are are not accurately informed about two things. They don't know how much more expensive their health care is than any other advanced nation. And they also don't know that the quality of health care is not as significantly better than they often believe it is without really seeing the facts. So how do you set those facts out for people so that they can really evaluate whether or not they're getting a good deal from their healthcare. And I think that is where your uh, book comes in, right? Uh, l- let's put it this way. If one is told the truth about uh, where most of people's monies go when it comes to healthcare in the United States, uh, one would think that practically everyone except stakeholders in the money-making machine portion would want to have some sort of universal healthcare like the rest of the world, right? So, I mean, isn't that where, if what you place in your book is effective, the kinds of policies that really better most Americans Mm -hmm. would be realized? Well, um, I, I would say you do need to have the facts laid out clearly and plainly, which is not what vested interests want to do. So you have misinformation in there. You don't really have clarity and sadly because you also have healthcare companies giving lots of political donations you don't have those in in political positions of power really interested in just laying out the facts tim i want people on the left people on the right people in the middle people nowhere to get this book because i think um most since it it helps folks on on social media it help folks with real media give Tell them why they need to read this type of book and specifically pro-truth. Yeah, there's two types of people who should read this book. First, there are people who already intuitively feel that truth is a value and that truth matters in politics. Now, some people don't necessarily know that's them. So I would ask your, um, your, your listeners and viewers, uh, would you be comfortable if you knew your doctor was lying to you about your health? Would you feel comfortable if you knew your business partner or one of your employees was lying chronically about your business? And would you be okay with it if you actually knew that your spouse was lying to you about where he or she were in evenings when they were were out? Most of us would not feel comfortable. And yet we feel comfortable with the idea that politicians lie. They're the ones that are determining policies that actually really affect our lives. So I don't think we would put up with people lying if we really got it. The politicians uh, affected us as much as our spouses, our doctors, and our business partners were. So I'll bet you a lot of people don't realize just how much they value truth in their own life. They should value it politically. But then there's a bunch of people who maybe they don't really know whether or not truth matters. Our book is good for them because it makes the case that truth is essential in a democracy. And if you lose that bedrock of truth, then you end up with corruption, incompetence, and rising authoritarianism. Look at the last four years. That's what we got. And then look beyond it to where Russia is today, where countries like Pakistan and Turkey and Iran are, where truth is not allowed to flourish. It's not pretty. That's where we head if we don't make truth a political value. Tim, what question do you, did you wish that I would have asked that I didn't ask? Mm. 
what exactly can individuals do to improve their social media bubble? So answer it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where the pro-truth pledge is really important. The pro-truth pledge are 12 behaviors that when you sign the pledge, you voluntarily agree you will follow that will greatly clean the filter in your own media bubble or your own social media bubble and then pass those good behaviors on to others. At the heart of it, it's don't pass stuff on unless you fact check it to make sure it's not misinformation. This means you have to realize that massive amounts of time and money are being poured into creating misinformation deliberately to fool you. Only a naive fool believes that everything that crosses their desk, their, their social media desktop is information to share. Much of it is being designed to lead you into error because you'll click on it, you'll share it, you'll spread it. It's politics, it's foreign powers, and it's commercial interests. So now, fact check. I, I just want to say, folks, to, the, to our audience, I signed the pro-truth pledge at protruthpledge.org uh, very soon after they became something. I, I, I just saw the benefit of doing that, and I, I, I was one of the mm -hmm. early ones to sign up. So, folks, go do it, protruthpledge.org. Tim Ward, author of Pro Truth, A Practical Plan for Putting Truth Back into Politics. It was my pleasure to have you on Politics Done Right. Thank you so kindly for having been here. Thank you, and thank you for signing the pledge. All right, folks, I hope you like that. Hey, I, I need to get to the comments right away. And first of all, I want to give a humongously big salute to Bridge MCP. And, uh, and a, a corollary mention to uh, Lee, Lee, Lee Grant. And let me tell you why. That is the kind of dialogue I like to see. Lee Grant told somebody that Trump didn't really say uh, white supremacists are good people. He never really said that. Now, let me, let me be frank. I think he feels that way, though, but he never said it. And when you get enough of your information wrong, sometimes it can cloud all your information. And Bridge, in our, in our chat room, she goes ahead and she says to, all, to, to our audience, actually, something that may not be popular, Lee's actually right. We didn't quite get that story correct in that the, the, the president put all kind of corollaries into what he had to say. Now, we know the guy is a white supremacist. The president is. We know that. He's proven that over and over again. But if we are going to maintain the accuracy and for people to believe what we're saying, we have to try to be as accurate as many times as we can. And where we fail, to make it known that we accept that we failed we correct it, and we move on. Uh, Bridge, thank you very much for what you just did there in the chat room because I think that is how it starts for us communicating among all of us, being able to say, ah, actually, uh, that is what really happened here. Uh, so, I mean, I think that is important. Many times we are so tied to our position that even if the the, the even if the uh, the spirit of the position is right, but the actual but the actual statements are wrong, we stick to it. We can get somewhere when we start doing exactly what you saw Bridge MCP do right there, and that is among a whole lot of progressive or a whole among a whole lot of of uh, right wingers or whatever, to actually tell the, the 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 state the folks in the area, actually the guy that we really oppose. On this particular issue, he was right. Thank you, Breach. That is a, that is the kind of dialogue I want to see all of us have, right? Be able to say, now, you've seen me do that as well, right? Somebody corrects me and I say, oh, yep, I guess I screwed up. You know, and you, you correct it. And, and, and then you move on. And that, that, is, that is another way of uh, building trust among everybody, whether you believe each other or not. Okay, I won't be able to go through the comments, specifically all of them, but... Um, that one, as I was going through, I really felt it. I uh, hope Bleeker says, great interview and show today. People don't know how bad the threats in the South have been on the other side of the threat. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry to hear that, Hope. I'm so sorry to hear that. 
But you know, you got a place that have your back. We'll do whatever we need to do. If, if it's threatening online, we'll get our posse on you uh, <laughs> to protect you as well. Uh, Melissa Noble, welcome. Actually, let me call out everybody. Hope Bleaker, welcome aboard. Bridge MCP, welcome aboard. Lena, welcome aboard. Tank28, welcome aboard. Uka Banos112239, welcome aboard. All PC0428. Uh, Cactus016855, welcome aboard. In as much as I do, oh, you're a spammer. I'm not gonna welcome you if you keep trying to push that thing there. If you want, if you want to, if anybody, uh, greetings from Arctic Norway, Lena. Great, welcome from Norway. Look, if you want to advertise something on politics done right, it's a lot better to just say, Egberto, can you tell people about my website? I want to put this out there and I'll do it. But don't do that kind of spamming thing. That don't make any sense. I don't do that to anybody. Um, because people in, in the room aren't going to like that. Anyhow, uh, Bridge MCP, welcome aboard. Uh, Melissa Noble, welcome. Uh, May Wood, welcome. Uh, campaign, com- compañero luchador. Uh, bring more liberal, uh, bring, uh, uh, let's say, bring more leftists to the show. You have a leftist you want on this show, so say, uh, compañero luchador, and I'll bring that leftist on. But do remember that I've had Richard uh, Wolf and several others on this program as well, uh, including, uh, and several, we've had several uh, very left people. It's hard to get left of me, but we've had several left people here. Not because I bring a whole lot of just regular liberals and others here means that anybody's lefter, okay? Just want to make that, that kind of statement, my brother. So, compañero luchador, you can always bring people here as well because this is your program. Michael Rudnan, I think I called you out already. Lee Grant, Lee Grant, good dialogue with uh, Bridge MCP out there. I, I like that kind of dialogue. Scott Siri, welcome aboard. Um, let's see who else is here. Who else is here? If I forget you, just... Drop a line at the bottom and I'll acknowledge you because I like to acknowledge everybody before I leave. That is how we roll here. Um, I'm scrolling down. Uh, Smirky, welcome aboard. Claire Johnson, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see if I miss... Jacoby G, como estas hermano mío? Uh, let's see who else. I'm coming down. I'm going up. I'm going up. I don't see anybody else new that I can call out. And if I'm scrolling too fast, it's just because I didn't see it. Anyhow, so look. I really, really enjoy what I'm seeing here. Hope Bleaker, I think I got you already too. Of course I did. Uh, let me go back down to the bottom, to the bottom of the scroll. We got a lot of messages. Okay, Michael Renzo, Egberto, not too hard to be left of you. Uh, not that hard to be left of you. Uh, I beg to differ, Mr. Rudnan. Remember, with me, it's not that I'm. It's not about me being left or not. It's how I represent to get the communication out. I think if you were to judge me from the policies that I support and the policies that I want, it would be hard to find someone that is to the left of my policies. The thing that I try to do is I want to be able to communicate with those that look at someone who says, I am super left, and immediately shuts down. I try to do it a bit differently. So that's what I mean, my brother, Michael Rudnin. Egberto, yep, there's a lot of comments today. I have a couple shares with your name on them in half hour and two hours from now. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. You're a good man, and you work very hard uh, with what you do. And please don't ever once again, brother, say they're not too hard to find people left of you because I think it's hard. Bridge MCP says, the author, does he bring back the Fairness Act? Ah, uh, yes, he believes in the Fairness Act. Maywood says there were people who were there to protest the taking down of a brutally racist statue and charging the name of a racist park. Exactly. Michael Egberto, not just the policies, but the politicians who you support. I do it out of... Well, we, we'll, we'll talk about that another day, Michael. And, and you know what, Michael? Someday, if you, if you ever want to, I'd like you to just come on on the show and inter, actually interview me. Uh, you know, you can come on, come on the show and say, okay, Egberto, I want to prove that you're not no darn lefty. I am going to be the one asking you questions, Egberto. And you can come and do that anytime. And anybody can do that anytime. Anyway, look, love you guys. I got to get out of here because I have an interview at 4.30 that I'm going to bring you guys tomorrow. We're going to be talking about, I think it's going to be income inequality. And uh, this person uh, just wrote, wrote a book as well. So we'll go ahead and do that. Give us a, a yes, thank you very much. Ashley did, did her, first, uh, her first interview today, uh, uh, resident interview today. Uh, you know, this girl with, with all these deficiencies, she's trucking along and, you know, she's making sure to get in touch with us three, four times a day, sometimes more. 
because you know how we are. But thank you very much for your concern. I love you guys. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right, and you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. I'm Robert Conti, Chief of the Metropolitan Police Department. I have an urgent message. Unfortunately, traffic fatalities have increased in DC and I need your help to reverse this troubling trend. Did you know that using a seatbelt can drastically reduce the risk of death or serious injury to you or a loved one? Seatbelts save lives, and together, we can accomplish a safer community. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Always wear your seatbelt. Click it or ticket. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.